Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... <laughs> Again, more smooth jazz by Jim Lang, which is kind of nice because in this episode, there's like a lot of smooth jazz referenced on the radio. Um, anyway, welcome. Welcome to Hey Arnold, Hey. I am Corey Vaughn, and with me today, as usual, is Adam Samaha. We're uh, recording from Adam's new home in Anaheim. How do you like it? It's wonderful. It's, yeah, a tiny little house, yeah. and it is my own. I want to hear more about it. Really quick, just some announcements. Um, today, we're going to be talking about heat and snow. Uh, this is our fifth episode that we've recorded. Um, if you're just joining us, it's good to watch the episodes first and then um, uh, then listen to our podcast. That will kind of allow you to enter into the conversation a little bit better. Um, yeah, so... <clears throat> uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we also... We have a website... HeyArnoldHey.com. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, we, I think we should be on, I, on iTunes. If you're listening to this, we should be up at, at this point, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, we've got some really cool designs done by a friend of mine, Emily Okada. She's a, a graphic designer and illustrator based in Los Angeles. We went to school together and she was like so stoked to do this. She like did it very quickly and easily and we love the designs there they're wonderful and they were for free uh, free 99 <laughs> but anyway emily is great please look her up thank you emily thank you so much um yeah so ch check us out online uh we should be up on itunes now or soon um yeah so back to this house man how you feeling i'm feeling good it just feels good to have a place that is my own and like in a neighborhood that I kind of like. And yeah, it's great. Even the little shit feels good. Like uh, <laughs> taking out the garbage, the trash Aww. cans and setting up the living room, buying furniture we shouldn't, we can't afford. Yeah. You still haven't hung up every, anything yet. It's just a bunch of picture frames. There picture, there's pictures just sitting like on. Like hanging around. Yeah, not, just, and by hanging, they're not hanging. No, they're not they're hanging just sitting all. around. They're just sitting around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's a work in progress. It's yeah. There's still it. like not enough. For, it's a little echoey in here. It's still. I like kind of like that about <laughs> it. <laughs> just a minimal room. Yeah. Just two chairs and a. No, there's more stuff than that. You're not giving it enough credit, but it's on its way on the up and up. It's a listeners. It's a great house. I know you can't see it. It's a great house. Maybe we'll post pictures up on the blog. Oh, that's a no, great idea. No, we won't do that at all. Let me just so tell boring. you. Yeah, there is a white picket fence, which is every young man's dream. It's the American dream. Yeah, it's true. And it has a backyard that is just dirt at this point, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, well, we should talk life a little bit before we jump into it. How this is just new idea. Just talk like get the little get to know us a little more. <laughs> who are these who are these men that talk about Harold all the time? What's the mystery? We want to reveal just a little bit, right? Yeah, in the past we've covered that I may or may not be Jewish. May or may not be. We both wear eyeglasses. Although a friend of mine, uh, when he heard the first episode, he told me, "Oh, is your <laughs> is your roommate his, or not roommate? Is your uh, is your co-host Hispanic?" And I'm like, "Not at all. No. What how would the, you... how that even would even come to mind? I have no idea. Yeah. Not if there's anything wrong with being Hispanic. Not at all. But what? How does sound? I don't know. Yeah, he, yeah. How do you pull that from someone's voice? But I don't know. 
Um, well, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about this a lot because we are making a podcast and we make a podcast. Um, so since we've been doing this project, I've been like seeking, very actively seeking out other podcasts to listen to, to like hear the form and the editing and everything and content, obviously. And a lot of, there's a lot of really good stuff out by like Gimlet and those big the nerdist and those types of giant podcast companies. I don't know if they're giant, yeah. what that size they're they are, like, but. they're like decent, they're independent podcast companies with money. Yeah. And they just like pump out new content all the time and good content. Yeah. But there's this guy from Los Angeles. He's a rapper who's been making really weird rap music for a long time. And then he goes by the name of bus driver. And he has one that he is starting. I think there's only one episode, but it's called a uh, free black press radio. And the first episode was called the KKK and the roots of whiteness which is an amazing episode. But the, the phenomenal thing about the show is the form is insane. It's essentially him like talking about that topic, the KKK and the root of whiteness, the roots of whiteness over like constant jazz music going in the background. It's unlike anything I've ever heard before. And it sounds insane. And there's like a mild echo to his voice. And he has these effects that he uses on his voice. But it's so like, um, not meditative, but it, there's something about it where it like, like sucks you into it. It's I've never heard a podcast like it, but it's phenomenal. And I hope he keeps doing them. It's interesting too, because I mean, if it's just the first episode, who knows if he's doing it for that episode or what. But um, jazz has such a weird racial history. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the it's like the only Amer- tr- other than maybe country. It's the only truly American genre, mm-hmm. um, and it has like deep roots in uh, like the the African American history. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a heavy like white history as well because it kind of is tied to rock. It's tied to country. There's like mm-hmm. a you know all three of those are kind of related. Um, I think it probably it predates those to some degree. It does, as well. yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, it's but just, it, yeah, it's a, it's the, uh, that's an interesting choice to be talking about roots of whiteness with a yeah predominantly black um, genre of music that, that yeah. came out of that culture. Yeah, and he himself is um, is a black man, and yeah, he makes phenomenal music, and the podcast is amazing. And yeah, he I hope he keeps doing it. Yeah, it's, it's informative cool. and really really entertaining. Uh, I just listened to a podcast this week called The Message, which is a it's a sci-fi podcast that's only eight episodes long, and I can't recommend it enough. I listened to all of it yesterday. Um, they're just little short, like nine or fifteen minute um, uh, episodes that all are one story. It's one story. Uh, my friend John recommended it to me, and like didn't tell me much about it. He just said, "Oh, I think you'd like it. I'm not going to tell you anything," and so I like listened to one and it was unbelievable. I listened to it all in one day. I don't want to even tell, I don't even want to tell you guys about it because it's like, I don't want to give away too much of the story. It's so good. It's excellent. Um, anything else? Good week. Yeah. Good week. Just doing a lot of moving and listening to podcasts and trying to be productive, but it's hard when you're moving, but it'll all sort itself out. That's a great, sounds great. Anything new with you, Corey? Hmm. No. That's good in its own way. Well, I mean, I guess everything's new to the listener, but it's like, where do you, where do you begin true, with your life? True. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's jump into the show. <laughs> we, I think we've, is there anything else that you were hoping to No, plug? I think we covered it. Yes. Yeah, we covered it. It's cool. Good. So, uh, the first episode is called Heat, and it is about a heat wave in the city that uh, Arnold lives in. Um, and... Uh, Honestly, there's not much plot, and so I'm going to give you like the shortest plot summary 
I can. And that's Arnold, uh, you know, experiences things that happen when there's a heat wave, the pool was crowded, the movie theaters were crowded, the ice machines were broken. Everything was kind of, Oh, Adam, that was a phone call. Did you, did everybody hear that? No, I hope not. I got distracted. Yeah. Let's carry on. Carry on. Um, uh, so, you know, the, there's all this stuff happening because of the heat wave and the culmination is Arnold, uh, Arnold sees the Jolly Ollie man, uh, with like basically rise like raising prices. The Jolly Ollie man is an ice, is the ice cream truck guy, the local ice cream truck guy. And he's, at one of the kids calls it gouging prices, um, and all the kids are getting mad because he's like charging $15 for a rum raisin ice cream cone or something. Um, and Arnold gives this passionate speech about uh, like that finishes with the phrase, no ice cream, no peace. And then the kids go crazy uh, and try to knock over the truck. And then a rainstorm comes and breaks it all up. And that's the story. That's it. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no plot other than this like little tiny sketch about, um, you know, this, like kind of maniacal sadistic uh ice cream truck guy not caring about the kids ice cream and yeah i think that that is the storyline at first glance but i think there's a lot of uh, things you can unpack from it oh for sure um and i think there's like a few obvious ones which is that heat has a way of toying with your emotions and like making the worst parts of your personality show up and making good people act bad which is happens at the very beginning of the episode when his he walks downstairs and his grandmother is talking to him and she's like being very normal. And he says something like this heat's got grandma acting normal. Yeah. And like, if you've seen enough of the episodes, you know that grandma is crazy. Yeah. And really. So crazy. for her to be acting lucid and say like, yeah, just something so rational. Oh, Arnold, I don't know what to do. I've got a grandson, a husband, a <laughs> house of boarding of borders. What do I do? Like the most normal, rational yeah. thing to say. And that's because of the heat. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then the, um, so yeah, there's that element of it, but then there's a lot of things I feel like, I guess like anecdotal things. I I know uh, Corey and I, when we're not making this podcast, we are working at jobs. And one Mm -hmm. of them is that we work at a brewery together in Anaheim. And I had a pilot that came in and he was originally from Saudi Arabia. And he told me that in Iraq that the weather is so, the heat is so bad that it gets to be like, upwards of 150 degrees that you can't even drive your car on the road because it'll melt your tires which yeah which to me was absolutely insane so and he told me this we had this conversation probably like a week or two before we actually watched this episode so when i watched the episode a bunch of things like that came to my mind because um obviously what's happening in iraq right now is insane uh largely because of are doing as the United States, not Corey and I individually. But. I, I wanted to apologize for that. I'm yeah. so sorry. No, we had no hand in that, but our, um, our government did, but moving on political kind of, yeah, yeah, this is all everything I'm going to say that's to do with this episode is very, very political. Um, but hopefully enjoyable to everyone. So, um, one of the things I will, as there, there is, like Iraq, there's a lot of turmoil going on in Syria right now. And I pulled something off the internet because there's some talk. The what? The internet. I know. It's, an, it's a really abstract thing. Okay. Um, you listeners, look it up, there. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> look it up on the internet. Yeah, so, look up the internet on the internet. <laughs> so um, there is a lot of talk right now about how uh, global warming is influencing um, like terrorism. So there was a study that was done 
by the proceedings of the National Academy of the Sciences. And they concluded that global warming contributed to Syria's conflict by um, exacerbating the country's drought. And due to the, the country's drought, there was a lack of water and uh, unstable agricultural resources, which moved about 1.5 million rural residents into the cities and the cities and urban centers, which there's all these displaced people that are not used to living in this environment. So they're displaced because of because of a lack of water, because of the drought and the very, very high temperatures, uh, which thus makes food very, very expensive mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all other things very expensive. Uh, which ties back into Hey Arnold. So, oh, ice yeah, cream. that's the yeah, ice cream. So, yeah. <laughs> in the Hey Arnold world, yeah. the similar thing happens because there is price gouging. And when it was very, very hot, the prices for the ice cream went very, very high and everybody revolted because uh, obviously that's completely unfair. And as the Jolly Ollie man says, that's free market capitalism. That <laughs> yeah. works. Such Supply and demand. Yeah, he actually Wait, says I, that. I which think is, I wrote it down. <laughs> which is such a good line. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, my reason for bringing that other thing in is that there, this, the reason that they talk about this in this episode is because this actually happens in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is a very sort of fun, easygoing way of talking about that or addressing that, which is crazy because this was like, obviously has happened throughout time, uh, but is so topical now. Yeah, and I it's funny so you're you're pulling from a conversation on like well, and I think this is there like obviously an element of like drought or um well and and this is an this is an episode about not a drought but about a heat wave. Yeah. Um, so it actually is a nice uh connector there. But um just as much as I think it could be about like the way weather kind of affects uh, bigger things. Um I, when I think it was what did Helga say? I think I I didn't write it down, but it, it, she says, she says something kind of crazy and kind of blind to reality of like money too. And it felt a little bit like the stereotype of Occupy Wall Street, Wall Street a little bit like, like we deserve free tuition. What? Like that. It's more complicated than that. Like, mm-hmm. where's that money coming from? You know, how yeah, is that? Yeah. And, and a comment like saying this ice cream is too expensive is true. But to mm-hmm. say, like, we deserve free ice cream, well, like, it felt like such a, like... Helga never... That's the funny thing about the episode, I think, is that she never actually calls for free ice cream. What she calls for is fairly priced ice cream that these kids can afford, which is the best part because it, it, you think it's going to go that direction of, like, right, right. we just want the ice cream. And they never even ste- jump in and steal the ice cream. They that's just, true. Like, that's true. Yeah. yeah. They just shake the truck around and scare Jolly Ollie, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they Helga specifically just wants fairly priced ice cream, which I think m- makes this whole uh, thing more interesting. Yeah, that's that's such a specific thing to say. We want fairly priced ice cream, like, and it's very realistic. Yeah, too, it's not what actually. a nine year old would say. It's like I just want free ice cream, like <laughs> yeah. or like I want ice cream, like yeah. and that wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, they want ice cream, but she's saying, well, yeah, the the phrase we want fairly priced ice cream. Uh, one of the kids, Sid, he goes. Oh, Jolly Ollie Man is gouging ice cream prices, which yeah. is a, a very um, cynical uh, and, may, and and in this case, accurate yeah. way of talking about economics. Like, gouging prices again. Yeah. Oh, boy, gas, ice cream. Yeah. Pokemon cards. Gouging. <laughs> uh, you know, they're... But, and gouging is a... It's That's not even a term. To me, that feels less about the natural um, progression of, like, 
it, it, it's not a natural interest rate change. It's uh, no, yeah. It's, there's it, like meddling going. Yeah, on. yeah. That's, gouging is saying like yeah. I'm going to raise the prices. Yeah. So it's like, is it supply and demand or is no? It, it's really not. It, it doesn't seem like it is because if it, if they're giving these kids like the smarts to say stuff like gouging and yeah. fairly priced, um, which is a little bit more advanced than a nine-year-old, then probably what Sid would have said instead was, "Man, the supply and demand has caused the interest." You know, not interest rate, but like the, the price, the price to raise, and, yeah. and it would be more like calm and normal uh, frustration instead of this. Like he's gouging the prices; yeah. he's changing it for his advantage against ours. Yeah, I know. We talked um, in maybe a year or so ago, two years ago, I was in a business ethics course, and that was posed as like a mental exercise, like if there was a natural disaster and. Um, there was low water supply, like for the businesses that had the water, was it ethical or unethical for them to raise the prices on that good? Um, even though there is a natural disaster and it's interesting to see even within a classroom, how that's that, uh, sort of mm. thinking plays out because you have a lot of the bleeding hearts that are like, they should be giving it away for free. And then you have the other people like, no, it should be normal prices. And then you have those be like, yeah, screw it. You know, if you can make the extra money, that's, that's like, that's the way it goes. Well, we're kind of seeing both happen right now with the drought in California for, for those of you who don't live in California, there's like a, um, horrible drought here. Horrible. Yeah. And it's uh, to Oregon there, too. there are two sides of this argument that are actually kind of hurting the people who want to help out. So there's a suggestion like, Hey, can you like not use as much water? Right. And, and so there are a lot of people who are watering their lawns less, taking shorter showers, doing everything, you know, d- easy Letting things. Letting their lawns that, die. Letting their lawns, lawns die, not washing their car as much, whatever the thing is that they decide to drop, which is, you know, a, a small sacrifice, but a, a worthy one, right? Mm-hmm. The, from what I understand, and I, I should do probably do more research on this, but um, the water companies are raising prices because they're not meeting their quota. Yeah, as a response, which is insane. So, which is it? Do I use less water or more water? Because if I use more water, it'll yeah, be cheaper. You're screwed either way. Like, I'm screwed either way. Either yeah. we waste more water or water's more expensive. And either yeah. way, it's it's like they're asking something of us that can that without any reward at all. Yeah. Well, that's I think it gets gets to the like the crux of this whole deal is that the there is like what should be, and then when you're inserting like um, sort of the I, I hate to use the word capitalism, but when you're dealing within capitalism, no, just you get like, that. Yeah, you get that natural thing of you just follow the money, and when yeah. you follow the money, the water company should not be raising their prices because people are using less. They should actually promote using less water. Yeah. yeah. But then, because they're, the water company's ultimate goal is to make money, it their only way to compensate for the yeah. lack of water usage is raising raising, raising the prices. prices. And it it doesn't even necessarily have to be a like um, meddling thing. It might just be oh, we have a lot of people who work for us, and and we're now not able to pay them, e- even if yeah. at the best case scenario that's going to happen because we're using less of the product that they use to pay for yeah. the system they've created. Yeah. And I, th- so ice cream, ice cream. Yeah. Back to ice cream. Um, but I don't know. This episode is really interesting because I feel like it was a very simple storyline, but there is a lot of stuff that you can sort of, uh, unpack from it. And I think there's, we noticed this when we were watching it back at the very beginning, there's like they're panning across the city and there's like a radio going on in the back and it says something about how a dissonant filmmaker is still under house arrest and that seemingly comes out of nowhere and then it goes away and then you realize though i think we were chatting about this before is you think that it sets the tone for the episode in that this is not really just a simple episode about 
like, oh boy, it's hot outside and the heat really sucks. It's, you know, that's the, the pits. Like yeah. there's a lot more to it than that. And it's talking about like a human condition, I think. And mm-hmm. what happens when you push people to these extremes and how do they act and respond? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Is this, it's like the episode is about dissonance. It's about like yeah. miscommunication and um, disagreement and uh, conflict. Um mm-hmm. It's just not done in a in a very like it's not a long form plot. It's yeah, little vignettes, definitely, with one large vignette at the end. But yeah. little vignettes of drought issues or and heat issues, but also just like a weird you, you uh, kind of a mob, different yeah. mobs. They they meet up with different mobs uh, trying to get cool. Right? They get to they get to that pool. And it's filled with people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Arnold's like, let me in. Make room for me. Make room. I Like, I need to be relieved. And one guy's just like, sorry, man, you're too late. Also, no the room. water's warm. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not even worth it. There's so many bodies in it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and yeah, I, and then when then then when they they attack the Jolly Jolly Man, there's definitely the mob mentality thing there. It, it, it makes it feel like a class issue because they're talking about the fact that they don't have money. It feels like yeah. a rich get richer thing very yeah. quickly. Like, aren't... Arnold like breaks and Arnold doesn't break. That's part of the show of Harold is that he, well, he does momentarily, but then he like recovers really yeah, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. When Helga, Helga then follows with, with a second speech after Arnold's passionate speech and Gerald's like, what is, what is he, what is she talking about? And she like radicalizes the whole thing. Yeah. And then Arnold just goes, I don't know. Like he's so, it's like, yeah. he just needed to like get it off his chest Yeah, to say like, we, we deserve that. Like, you know, I'm tired of this. I just want ice cream. Um, and that's like all he needed to do. And when it shows that the, the breaking point, because at the, when he's mm-hmm. yelling at the Jolly Jolly man, initially he's like, I tried to go to the store and I got ice and it melted on the time way I got to my house. Like we have no air conditioning. And it like goes, this list of things goes on, yeah. his grievances go on. And then his final straw that broke, that like broke the camel's back was that they couldn't get the fair, you know, fairly priced ice cream. Yeah. And it shows you that a, a, a straight, like a thing that seems of no real consequence, like ice cream can yeah, be the thing. No consequence at yeah, all. <laughs> that people can lose their mind about though. Cause yeah. it's just everything else on top of that. Yeah. The, the one other thing, um, I want yeah. The one other thing I wanted to say was that it feels like a conversation too, on what actually can change your, like what, uh, why people do bad things, I guess is the simple way of saying it. Um, Arnold makes like a second, after they start shaking the the truck, he's like, "Oh shoot, I need to like take care of this." And so he makes another speech saying, "Guys, we've gone crazy. Like it's the heat. Um, you know, Jolly Man's been loyal to us. He gives us, you know, half priced snow cones when they fall on the floor, and yeah. they help. He helps you when you're choking on ice cream. He's like a member of the community. He's, yeah, is exactly. What yeah. And then Arnold says, "It's it's the heat. The heat has changed us." So he's what what Arnold is saying is, um exterior situations make us do bad things. Mm-hmm. But then the kids just kind of look at him and they like accept that. And then they still like, go, like try to knock down the truck, yeah. which is them saying, no, we like, we're angry. So we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So it's almost like, I, I don't want to say it's, it's their nature, but it definitely isn't just like exterior situations. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because you have the kids who are responding to the heat 
and that's why they're freaking out about the, the ice cream. But then Jolly Alley Man probably is a nice guy and sees himself as a member of the community. Mm-hmm. But he's not a nice guy. He's sadistic. Well, yeah, he's sadistic. Oh, does that happen? Come later on. Well, that laugh he did is like oh, amazing. But like, that's well, that that goes into what I was saying, which is that he may be a nice guy, but the 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 paradigm that he's working in, which is like the free market paradigm, uh, where that's the way it goes, <laughs> makes him act sadistic. Yeah, so he has his yeah. own external driver, which is his reality, and then the kids have their external driver and which is the reality, which is the heat. And that's both things are making each party act in ways that they shouldn't. Yes. Yes. Right. You know, so, right. Which I think shows yeah. that I think is a fascinating way to view how does heat manipulate people and those sorts of physical externalities. And then how does something like an eco- economic setup or situation make mm. people act a certain way as well. And it's a little bit, this episode too, I don't know if this sits with you, but it feels like a, like a, like a wild west, like uh, a, situation where anything goes it's a little bit of survival of the fittest a little bit yeah because of... that's how capitalism and free markets work like that mm. that's the way that they're described or the way the situation that so it lives in it's a yeah it's this it's this survival of the fittest mixed with this intense like anything goes wild west like i'm gonna put ice cream on my head soft serve on my head at the 7-eleven and yeah. i'm gonna um <laughs> you know, knock over trucks and I'm, I'm going to like yell and scream and do whatever I need to do to get cool. Um, mixed with that, like, uh, survival of the fittest, uh, free market economic, you know, worst case scenario situation. Um, yeah, I, I think even though this episode is maybe lacking on like the, the easy content to talk about, there is like some deeper implications that, yeah. Is there anything else from this episode that stood out or, um, I don't know the, I don't know. I think we, I think we can move on to the snow one, which yeah. is like the flip side of this. It, it's definitely a moment it, it, when I, when I watched it alone and I was like really present, just why I wasn't taking notes. I was just watching it. I got to, like, not, not crying emotional, but like feel good emotional over this oh. episode. Yes. No. Ha- yes. I, I know what you mean. Cause it, there's a great moment of connection between Arnold and, and his grandpa that is kind of unexpected. Um, I think from a, from like a, the, the normal adult child relationship in cartoons doesn't turn out the way it does in this episode. And I really like that a lot. It, it flips what you think is going to happen between, you know, a father figure and, and child. Um, yeah. The episode is, also pretty simple, although a little more complex, I think, than Heat. Um, but the the story, or a little bit more traditionally plot-driven, I guess yeah, is what yeah. I would say. Not more complex, more plot-driven. Um, it's first snow day of the year, and uh, Arnold is excited because he gets to, you know, do snow stuff. I don't know. I live in California. I don't really understand <laughs> snow. <laughs> but... Sledding is that what they call it? Yeah, he gets it. He gets to. They, 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 he pretty much rattles off the whole list of fun shit he gets to do. Yeah. At the beginning of the episode. Whereas Grandpa is living in this different paradigm. Yeah, which yeah. is this, which I'm sure adults in snow country is that what they call yeah, it? Also? Yeah, um, just places hate it. with like, weather. Places with weather. Yeah, they have to like you know break the ice on the window and like fix the furnace and just shovel the walk. It's just a headache. Yeah. So so uh, Grandpa's bummed about it. And he ends up actually bringing Arnold into, you know, his, his day of like fixing stuff. Uh, and Arnold basically misses the whole day of doing fun things. And there's a, 
there's a turning moment. Well, I want to get more into this later. There's some lines that are said that are repeated throughout the episode. They're kind of mirrored between Arnold and, and Grandpa. And the, the main one is Grandpa says early on when they're shoveling the walk, that's the, that's the trouble with our society. No work ethic. Um, and Arnold's there and present and hears that. And a few minutes later, you know, a few chores later, I guess is a better way of saying it. Arnold says the same thing to his friend, Gerald and grandpa hears it. And that like sucks grandpa back to his childhood when he had to, you know, uh, shovel the walk and collect wood and do chores for his out on fun time, miss out on fun times with his grandpa. And, it's so oh it's so good it's like a it's a moment of change for grandpa it's a moment of character development it's giving him a full context in history instead of him just being the adult that like oh boy there's the adult again like it gives him it gives him a full narrative and it allows him to reflect on his past and move forward um he remembers his own i don't know if it's his father or grand i guess grandfather throws a snowball at him and and encourages him to play a game and and that encourages Grandpa to do the same for Arnold, um, and so he kind of welcomes Arnold back into like he says instead of work ethic, he calls it play ethic. Let's have a good time, and it's you know kind of a almost a too good to be true snow day where he like puts water on the on the uh, concrete and it becomes a, a skating rink and the whole neighborhood comes out and like just has such a good time together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it I I think it's less about hanging out in the snow, although that's the fun imagery that is shown up and it's more about two people that didn't understand each other before understand, finally understanding each other. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's a, um, uh, a commentary on like hard work and how we perceive hard work and how we perceive leisure and fun mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. the whole town is having fun essentially. And the only people that are not are, well, not the whole town actually, mostly just the kids are having a lot of fun. Right. Right. Um, and all the adults are grumpy and angry the whole time. Yeah, but yeah. That scene where they're both shoveling the snow in the in the sidewalk, and he's saying like, "That's the problem with our generation. There's no there's no work ethic or whatever yeah. he says." While he's doing this, she's shoveling and he's flipping the snow over onto Arnold's snow, and then Arnold is flipping his snow back into his snow. Yeah, and actually making no ground. <laughs> they're just cleaning up the same mess over and over again, which to some degree is what a lot of work is. Mm. A lot of work is a lot of times make work. A lot of times it's things that like we think need to be done, but don't necessarily need to be done, but we still applaud that activity mm. for being done because it looks strenuous and because it looks like something that needs to be done. And a perfect example of this is, I don't know how many of you viewers are Seinfeld fans, but there uh, is that like a, the other podcast or no, it's not a podcast. They show it on um, airplanes when you're flying long distances, oh, cool, it comes cool. on the, the big screen. Um, but there's a scene where George has dis- discovered that at his office that he doesn't actually have to do any work at all. He just has to look really stressed out and look mm-hmm. like he's working hard. So when his boss, he hears his boss walking by, he's like yelling on the phone, but there's no one on the other line. <laughs> and he slams it down on the receiver like he just had this really heated, intense conversation. Or he'll slam his fist on the table and like look like he's reading really intently and all these different things like that. And he, they are applauding him the whole episode for his hard work and, and um, his good work ethic when in reality he's getting nothing done. Right. And that's not just like all of what they're touching on this episode. But there is like a thing where I think they're showing that balance is important. Like things, certain things need to be done. Like say, if you ha- are a renter and your the heat goes out, you need to fix the heater, right, for your tenants. But also, like you need to have fun and you need to like do leisurely activities because 
it's important for being well-rounded. Being yeah. The kids who are like throwing snowballs at buses are kind of yeah, like, the other uh, side of that. like that's yeah. the other side of like, yeah. Oh, chill out kids. Right. <laughs> like you don't have to yeah, they do that. Yeah. But then there's also the, the bus driver who's trying to drive a bus in like the worst snow yeah. conditions ever. You know, Oh, uh, that's such a, uh, like my favorite moment is the snow on the window and him just saying, God, we're all going to die. Yeah. It's like so from zero to hundred. So quick. Uh, so good. Um, it, yeah, this, the narrative structure of this episode is great too, because it's about two different perspectives about life, um, living alongside each other. Um, and it's like obviously seen, uh, first when Arnold's listing the things that he wants to do for the day that are fun and grandpa list, you know, right away, like these are paired right next to each other. Grandpa is listing the things that he has to do that he doesn't want to do, but that he has to, cause it's work. Um, and so right away you see, okay, so Arnold is looking forward to the day. Grandpa's not, how's that going to play out? And how it plays out is grandpa saying, I'm the adult and you're going to do what I say. Mm-hmm. And Arnold being kind of manipulated into believing that wholeheartedly yeah. and for him to say that to his friend, like Gerald, that's the problem with our society. No work ethic. It's like so depressing. It's and I know brainwashed it is. Point. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, there's a, there's an element of, like children will, will listen that, that phrase, like, I, I don't know what watch what you say because children will listen, even if, you yeah, they're, even they're, if, they're always paying attention, even when you think they're not. And, and used in the right context, it's great. You know, kids should listen to their parents. That's, that's a healthy thing. But grandpa sees kind of the detriment to Arnold's character, this like happy go lucky, innocent kid, very like at nine years old He's saying, hardened. yeah, yeah. Yeah, hardened and cynical and yeah. angry, and I, and and that's the cool part about him being pulled back to his childhood. I oh, I, and is is this the first flashback? Other than I guess Arnold flashback to when he first got the hat. I'm trying to remember if there's any other. Um, no, I was thinking yes, but those are mostly just dreams that yeah. Arnold is having constantly. This is definitely the first flashback from an adult, and I think it's such a great gift to give to these secondary characters. Um, I, and I was, I was trying to think of this beforehand. How were other parents presented in cartoons of the nineties? I'm like, I don't think they were given that much depth. Is that? Oh no, yeah. I don't think they're given much depth. Like, I guess, I guess Rugrats eventually they did get some depth, but I think it took a while. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other parents. I, like Doug definitely did not. Yeah. Um, Cause it's just so kid centric. Yeah. Like, and usually the parents are just sort of like bumbling goofballs. Like mm-hmm. Doug is an example. They're bumbling goofballs or the wild thornberries or recess. Mm-hmm. They're just sort of like adults that uh, get in the way of what the kids are doing. But in this situation, it's the adult meeting the child mm-hmm. um, with understanding. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Really great. Really great um, character writing and narrative structure and i think like this show seems to they're like bundled together for a reason and i think that you notice that in the heat episode um there is only we were talking about this earlier there's like nothing that can be done to make that like horrendous heat wave go like um go away so they're standing in front of the air conditioning unit they're um, trying to cool down with like ice and all sorts of different like tactics. Yeah. And the butcher is sitting in the freezer 
um, which he seems to be the only one having a good time yeah. in the whole episode. Um, but then when the snow episode happens, like, yeah, the, the parents are grumbling and they're upset, but the kids are still having a good time. So it's like, you can still be like yourself mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you choose to be, whereas the heat seems like it just takes that yeah, from yeah. you and that you have nothing left to, to like to, to operate with the, the visual difference between these two episodes, the animators chose to and the music too. Yeah. Yeah. The, it opens so cheery with the snow yeah, episode. It, it's it, like, it wondrous. Sounds, it, it's like a, it's like a Charlie Brown episode. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's the Christmas episode of Charlie Brown, or like, um, yeah, it's it, it's a great cheery moment. Um, and in the first one, it's this like smooth, slow jazz yeah. with like horns honking and like, yeah, yeah. But even visually, that the characters are animated, um, kind of melty. Like their hair is yeah. dripping, not just dripping, but like actually um, pointed downwards, uh, like to signify we're melting, we're physically yeah. melting, and you don't no one is animated strangely in this, in this episode other than they're wearing bundle up clothes, yeah. but everyone's like a little bit more, um, rigid, not rigid. I don't mean that in a negative like way. Like erect, like, like a normal, like normal. They're yeah. walking around like normal people. Yeah. So I, yeah, the, the theme of the first episode is like, it's beating them down, it, beating them down. And the second is, it's just a normal story. So there is yeah. something about heat that is so different. And, and at the, uh, we missed it. I think a very important part of actually the first episode heat is that, during the riot that Arnold and Helga have created, um, it starts to rain and it just, it seems like this cool and calm rushes over everybody and then they become joyous and like themselves again. And the music becomes cheery too. Yeah. The music changes and you see his grandmother walking through the frame and it's like her with this, like a snorkel on and she's weird. She's being weird all over again. again. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Everything's back to normal. normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that was just, it's just interesting commentary because I do think there is something specifically about the heat that is unlike anything else. Yeah. Cool. Well, we unpacked a lot from, you know, two not crazy plot heavy episodes and that's, that's cool that we can still do that. Um, it, it I, yeah, this show is, I say it like every time there's so much depth. I love it. Oh, we didn't even talk about the fact that, did you hear about the, the original voice of Arnold is apparently like a smoking babe. No, like, <laughs> it's on like Buzzfeed and like, yeah, I don't remember his name. Uh, we'll, we'll do some research and see like how popular he actually is. But he put up an Instagram video or a Vine video just saying he has this giant beard and like wearing a beanie. He's like, thanks guys. I really appreciate all you fans. It's been a while since I've been in the light, but it's cool to, cool to, cool to be recognized. And, uh, so that's the first bit of Arnold information that isn't even the craziest part. The second part is there's like a confirmation from somebody high up in, uh, Nickelodeon that they're looking into a TV movie uh, that's going to kind of complete the Harold story. That's amazing. Which is amazing. Yeah. I don't want to give away too much about plot because it'll talk about, you know, Arnold's family and what's happened there. But there, there are some episodes that talk about that. So I don't want to give away too much, but that's like super exciting news and um, great for us. It means hopefully that there's still a market for, of people Market economics <laughs> who are interested in what we're doing. Yeah, which is a goofy nerdy thing. Yeah, very. Um, yeah, so check out our website. Uh, uh, look us up on SoundCloud. Uh, hopefully iTunes. Um, yeah, this has been Hey Arnold. Hey, uh, is there anything else you want to say, Adam? No, I think we're good. All right, well, all this good. is us signing out. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Bye.